This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Starts now. Hello. Hello. Yes. Happy Thursday. Yes, yes, yes. This is Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. You know, I want to change my name. To Rian. No, that is disgusting. It's like a French version. Like, no. You know, actually, <laughs> I was actually having a serious conversation. Oh, about this is this. real. This is a real conversation because okay. apparently, you know, as you you know, you have interesting names. You have a Shira Lazar. That's a one person. No, not everyone has a Shira name or a Lazar name. Thank my parents. But everyone has a Ryan Mitchell name, and my lawyer recently told oh, me. Oh God, here it goes. That yeah. I have to find an artist name. Are you for real? This is a real conversation. I have to, yeah, seriously. I'm now thinking what are we about living a in new, the 80s? I'm thinking about a new identity because guess what? All my Google alerts, they pop up obituaries and someone <laughs> in the middle of Ohio who owns a farming company. You got to game the SEO system. I don't know how to do it. Do I add in my middle name? Do I go by my middle name? But I need some help figuring out what my new stage name is going to be. And it can't be the Slay God because I feel like I'm growing out of that. You will always slay my I will, Of course I will. That's just a natural thing for me. <laughs> What's your middle name again? Anthony. That's my dad's name, who recently passed, oh. by the way. Um, I haven't talked about it over the air, but that's I mean, where I was at when I was not here. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I went to his, you know, passing and all those things yeah. and, and just met a lot of family. And so um, Anthony Mitchell is my dad's that's sexy. name. And when I was there, actually, I found out he actually guest starred in some movie like shows on tv the shy chicago pd and some other stuff that he found so he actually liked being in the hollywood space look at that that's where i get it from maybe uh, you know you could continue his legacy and then also steal his imdb credit <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're, i could i could most you were on CSI. He honestly oh he actually owes me one <laughs> right no, but I'm thinking about it. If y'all have any good suggestions, I don't know. Slide into our DMs at LGT Show. Oh, I need a brainstorm. No, you don't. You have Cheryl Lazar. No, for you. Oh, for I think me. we okay. need a drinking session, right. maybe more. Brainstorm yeah. some names. My name is going to change. My whole personality crazy. is going to change. Wow, I'm getting anxious, excited. I know. <laughs> okay, coming up on the show. Uh, There's a poll that is sharing America's view and understanding of trans issues. We'll have more on this new Gallup survey in 30 minutes. And Gallup is actually joining us to break it all down. Plus, why you might be overspending right now. 
That's at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. This is actually happening. Is it happening? The uh, data sh- shows that. Oh. Well, it all, all comes back to the data. Data never lies, apparently. <laughs> you should call your name <laughs> Data. My data name never. Data Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Our Data Mitchell. Ooh. You know what that sounds like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into some what's trending this yeah. hour. Senator Elizabeth Warren went off about Republicans' $928 billion infrastructure counteroffer to Biden's $1.7 trillion bill. I don't really think this is a serious counteroffer. First of all, they don't have pay-fors for this. It's not real. They have this illusory notion of how we're going to take money that's already been committed to other places and other spending. Second part is I'm not hearing about the green infrastructure, about the importance of when we make these investments that we're talking about moving our buses to electric, our school buses to electric, our mass transit to electric, so that we're bringing down our carbon footprint and whether or not they put enough money in to do this. But the third one is notice who gets left behind, the women. Infrastructure is about helping people get to work and helping businesses thrive because they've got workers. Okay, Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, we're going to break down the infrastructure conversation. What you need to know, know, we're going to make it sexy um, in 15 minutes with Richard Fowler, who we love having on. Uh, But first, let's get into some what's the tea. So what's happening, Ryan? Yeah, so we have a, a little bit of a long clip here for our what's the tea. A former Glee star is bringing up Leah Michelle's bad behavior on set. Oh. Um, It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So Heather Morris, um, she starred on the show for a very long time. She actually was a dancer first, and then her character became a series regular. Um, And she was also, she dated Naya Rivera's character on the show, and that's kind of how it made it all big. But she's basically reflecting on her reaction to the controversy surrounding Leah Michelle's alleged bad behavior on the set of the show. If you don't remember, last summer, while Leah Michelle was pregnant, by the way, was accused... Of her former, uh, by her former co-star Samantha Ware, who played Jane Hayward on Glee for 11 episodes in 2015. Basically, she accused her of making her life a quote living hell on the set of the musical TV series. Well, after Leah apologized, Heather spoke about the situation. She recently was asked to elaborate on her statement in a new interview, and here's what she had to say. Yeah, I I remember getting so much shade because people were like, this is so fucking cryptic. Like, why don't you just go out and say it? And I'm like, guys, she's pregnant and all this stuff is going around. And it, it's true. And, and I, I don't know if maybe we were victims of, of bullying and, and that's a t- typical victim thing to do is to blame yourself, which is people were saying. But it also is very true. And the only person who was honest about it was Naya. And it was something that was very hush hush on set, um, and the, now you see all these these things coming out with with these bigger names um, who were very disrespectful and mistreated a lot of people. Oh, so apparently that was going on, and Naya was the one who was calling it out and standing firm in it. And um, if you don't remember, of course, like I said, Leah Michelle apologized back in June 2020, saying, I am a couple of months from becoming a mother, and I know I need to keep working to better myself and take responsibility for my actions so that I can be a real role model for my child. I listen to these criticisms, and I'm learning, and while I'm very sorry, I will be better in the future from this experience. Um... 
don't know. I don't. To be honest, Leah hasn't came back into the spotlight, and she's probably perfectly fine being a mother. I don't know if she's gonna have too much of a career without having to really talk about her actions in these moments. I'm sure there's an independent film who could use a name. We love an indie film. That will find her you and know, make a little comeback. Indie films, t- checks also cash. Hey. They really do. So um, that's your T-Report. I got more coming up next hour. So honey, stick around. All right. Well, coming up, the fight over this infrastructure bill continues. Why it matters and what you should know next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Senate GOP made a counteroffer today to Democrats' $1.7 trillion infrastructure bill. Are we infrastructured out? Are you getting an infrastructure headache from all these infrastructure talks? Richard Fowler is back with us, who's a Fox News contributor. Thanks so much for being here. It's good to be with you both. How are you? You know, we're good. Making it happen. Ending the week, long weekend coming up. Yes, indeed. Memorial Day weekend. Amen. What? I had no clue Memorial Day was this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, lots of better things. So, um, let's talk about this. Is this counteroffer that bad? Well, honestly, I'll say this. I read it um, this morning when it came out, and I was like, this is not necessarily, like, it's not, I mean, Joe Biden started the debate at $1.7 trillion. Republicans came back with a trillion-dollar plan. I think there's definitely some room in the middle here. Um, but I think we're moving in the right direction. Remember, when we first started having this conversation, the initial comp- the, the initial plan ish authored by Republicans was for half a trillion dollars, so five hundred million. They've come up on their number. This is what bipartisanship looks like. There'll be people on both sides that hate it, but that's what bipartisanship is: finding room in the middle. Yeah, but. I think, you know, Biden is going to have to deal with some concerns from within his own party. Um, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren said it wasn't a serious counteroffer. And a lot of lawmakers worry that the president is just watering down his vision to win GOP support. Is that something that you're seeing? Is he being tough enough on trying to make sure he gets the best deal possible? Look, I got to be honest with you, Ryan. Here's the truth. If, if Democrats aren't willing to change the filibuster, and right now, based on the votes, if we were having a vote today, there would not be enough votes to overturn the filibuster, which is how you get to the 60 votes necessary, which means you need 10 Republicans to join with Democrats to create an infrastructure bill. If that's the current that, that if that's the status quo, which is what is the status quo, then this is not a bad deal. Starting at $1.7 trillion in your initial offer, the, your opposition coming back with a trillion-dollar offer means you shaved off $700 million. Yes, that's a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. It is what compromise is all about. Well, what did they take out, though? That really sh- shows what they're not wanting so, to focus on. For sure. So what you saw, what was taken out of this bill is that Republicans don't believe in this ideal of human infrastructure. So the argument the Democrats are trying to make is things like early childhood education, fixing our, neighbor, our, our, our neighborhood public schools, funding, you know, manufacturing jobs. This is all part of human infrastructure. Republicans are like, no, we only believe in hardcore infrastructure, i.e. roads, bridges, airports. This is the debate around the language, and the language is now showing up in the bill. The question becomes is what will Democrats be able, will they, I mean, here's the truth. Do I think we'll be able to add another 100 million or 200 million more to this bill? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't think the Republican offer is that, you know, this is our last and best and final offer. I think this is here's what we're thinking. Democrats now have an opportunity to come back and say, OK, we see what you guys are working with. 
here's what we're thinking. And so I think this bill will probably end up somewhere along the lines of 1.1 or $1.2 trillion. And just think about it from this perspective. We can sit here understanding that Democrats aren't going to get rid of the filibuster, right? And, you know, say we want all these things, or we could actually deliver this trillion dollars to the American people and say, hey, look, here's what we were able to get done. We need you guys to show back up to the polls to give us a larger majority in the Senate so we can get more things done. And I think that's the argument that you're going to see Joe Biden and the White House make to the American people. Yeah, but if, I guess the GOP doesn't believe in, you said human, what, what was that phrasing that you used? Human infrastructure. If they don't believe in human infrastructure, then who's going to fix it? Well, it's going to be, it's going to be on us, the voters. That's what mm-hmm. my, my larger argument here. This is going to be upon the American people. If you have a pro- if you think the G- if you think the GOP plan or whatever the negotiated infrastructure bill is is a dollar late and a day short, then it's going to require that you go back to the polls in November 2022 and put more Democrats in office to give Joe Biden a larger margin. So filibuster really isn't a problem because we have enough Democrats to withstand a potential filibuster. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Richard Fowler, Fox News contributor. Have a great uh, weekend because I I don't think you're going to be on tomorrow, but we love having you here. Oh, good to be with you both. (laughs) Coming up, a new survey that explains how Americans really feel about trans issues. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Gallup has released data from their survey that reveals America's current perspectives on trans issues. And joining us right now is Justin McCarthy, a journalist and analyst at Gallup. Thanks for being here for this. Thanks for having me. Uh, So this has made major headlines today, and I'm sure you're not surprised about that. What was the overall takeaway from this? Because there is a feeling, considering the narrative around trans issues, that America just does not get it. And did the data and the survey reveal that? So there were two big findings. The first one about the military. It was an update from a question we asked in 2019. And we found then and we found today that most Americans support uh, transgendered Americans' right to serve in the military. Uh, we did also include a, a new question on sports. There's a lot of legislation going on in dozens of states about uh, transgender participation on sports teams. And we found that most Americans support uh, transgender athletes playing on the team of their birth gender rather than their gender identity by about two to one. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about how you're even gathering this information. What part of the country are you asking these questions? All of our polls are based on a sample of a thousand respondents at minimum, sometimes more. And we weight the data based on region, education, and other various uh, metrics. Okay. You're so short and sweet. I thought you were going to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any more to oh, say? I'd, I'd be happy to read you the survey method. <laughs> well, so, so this is interesting. Has Gallup looked at this before? And how do you feel like the perspectives have changed? Well, the, like you said, the sports question is a new item. The, uh, the military question is interesting because if you look back to the years of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, we found similar uh, percentages of Americans saying that they supported gay and lesbian Americans uh, to join the military. So it kind of uh, reinforces this idea that most Americans think if you're willing to fight and defend your country, you should be allowed to regardless of your identity. The sports item is a new item 
And it's a very new issue to a lot of Americans. So this is very much a first measure. And what we know from our decades of tracking LGBT trends is that um, Americans really do change their minds about LGBT issues. So um, there could definitely be change on the horizon. Yeah, there most definitely could. I, I thought something that was really interesting that jumped out to me was that uh, there was a, a, a little bit of a shift for even independence. Um, political independents where they have become less supportive than they were in 2019, down 12 percent percentage points. That's quite strange. I mean, I was kind of shocked because independents kind of rest in that middle space, right? You know, there's always a balancing that goes on in an early transition from one president to another. And we're kind of seeing that across other measures uh, on the Affordable Care Act, on labor unions. So it, it does seem like a big number, but I think it's important to measure this over time and uh, see what see what independents do in the future. The numbers that you got around trans athletes, it seems like a majority of respondents, as you mentioned, said that they should compete under their birth gender, contrary to some of the other polls and possibly influenced by a lot of this anti-trans rhetoric. Is this an outlier? You know, what we find on this measure and many others is that the way that you ask the question is really important. We've seen some other polls where they straight out asked if uh, transgender uh, athletes should be banned from sports. And a lot of Americans were opposed to that. And what we were trying to get at is if, you know, you're making a decision uh, based on transgender athletes' identity, should their identity be the team that they, you know, that dictates what team they're on or should it be their birth gender? And right now, again, it's just a first measure. It's a very new issue. Right now, Americans are, are leaning toward fairly heavily uh, their birth gender. What was the findings for people who actually knew someone who was transgender? So the interesting thing is that if you know someone who is trans, you're much more likely to support their right to uh, serve in the military. And if you know someone who's trans, you're also more likely to, to support uh, transgender athletes playing on teams that correspond with their gender identity as opposed to their birth gender. Um, you know, we had similar findings for uh, support for same-sex marriage and other uh, gay and lesbian measures. If you knew someone who was gay and lesbian, you were more inclined to support their rights. Whereas, you know, we're seeing a similar situation with uh, transgender Americans. How do you think this is going to support the community and policy making moving forward. The worry I do have from this is that Republicans will use this to continue to push this anti-trans narrative because they see that people are uh, voting in this way or thinking this way. Well, you know, I think it's important to look back on the uh, larger, the, the, the large amount of LGBT metrics that we've taken over, over the course of decades. And if you look at gay marriage, there was one point in time where most Americans by a strong majority were opposed to same-sex marriage. And that's changed dramatically. It's actually one of our most remarkable trends in Gallup history. Uh, so it, it is important to remember that these are, this is a very new measure. Uh, things really do change. Americans have changed their minds quite a bit, especially on LGBT issues. And I think one of the key findings is is on age. You know, when you look at the, the breakdown of the number of Americans who know someone who's trans, among adults under 30, that's half of them. They all, half of them say that they know someone personally who's transgender. And we know that from the data, that affects how you look at the issues. 
So, and, and on a separate measure, we've also been tracking the number of Americans who identify as LGBT, including transgender, and that's been growing. So there's definitely more visibility. There's more familiarity with the issues. Time will tell what where this issue goes, but um, we're going to continue tracking them. Yeah, because that, that was my thing. If this is still so very new, and especially as we're seeing this transition between the, the last president and this one, how often are you all going to be taking polls like this? You know, we make decisions um, every time we're putting out a new poll. And I think that this is an issue that's very hot right now. And we're very eager to see where it goes. So I wouldn't be surprised if we pulled on it again. All right. Justin McCarthy, journalist and analyst at Gallup. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Coming up, why this person is being roasted for her take on pronouns. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Some folks, including Republicans, are continuing to show their ignorance around pronouns. Colorado Congresswoman Laura Boebert is the latest who's being dragged and roasted on social media for tweeting, My pronouns are patriot. Okay, Lauren. Actually, patriot's a noun. Exact. It's not a pronoun. I mean, if you want to just it. be grammatically no, that's correct. What I'm saying. Just saying. She was very proud of this major flub. Uh, and she was called out by a lot of people. And so we want to go to some of those fun comments right now. You this is your descriptor of fun? <laughs> I like torture, obviously. Well, let's do part, put on some party music then. <laughs> So as you mentioned, uh, someone made fun of her saying she's obviously not very good at Mad Libs. Well, I've never played Mad Libs. I'm not really sure what that game is. It was a bit more at my age group where you have to fill in uh, the blank when the with TVs a were black uh, and white. noun or an adjective. <laughs> it's when we didn't even have TVs. We had like pencil and paper. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> you know. Actually sending letters. <laughs> <laughs> Someone uh, said, uh, John Pavlovitz said, your adjectives are traitorous, ignorant, and embarrassing. Uh, also, Sam Stefanik said being a modern Republican means her job is just to tweet things like Mr. Potato Head is a man and I will prove it by having, oh, sex with him in front of my husband. That was just... <laughs> I like that one. That was just a bit. That's a good one. Someone said, me when I failed English. <laughs> I think people, Republicans try to be so, um, they think they're being smart when they're having these little hot takes, but it just makes them... It, it just proves how dense they are, uh, intentionally obtuse they are. They will never get it. Um, but I'm happy. If she's happy that 
uh, she is a, a patriot and that's her pronoun. Go for it, ma'am. Go for it. So you don't think there needs to be kind of something more done when Republicans like this do something like this? Why am I wasting my time on Republicans at this point? Because they're not going to change. That's the thing. Like, we're, it's not one day they're going to miraculously understand trans rights and humanity. Like, they're not going to get that because <laughs> it doesn't benefit them. At the end of the day, they're putting themselves and whiteness first inherently. And, you know, they, they want to put this crazy conspiracy. I mean, this is the same lady. Let's be honest. This is the same lady who is, um, who's actually um, endorsed QAnon theories. No. She's not someone that I would trust intellectually. Here's the thing also. I think that already this is embarrassing, but five years from now, Mm -hmm. these are going to be the posts that come up that ruins people's career. This is already the things that would ruin someone's career. But, like, I think that, unfortunately, some people still have wiggle room because a lot of people don't get it. I mean, you were in Chicago, and I saw your tweet saying, you realize how much of a progressive bubble we're all in. Why are you stalking me? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do anything without you stalking who I am. I see your no, but actually, No, it's actually really true, and I'm so happy you brought that up because it was alarming to to talk to family members who by the way my big concern was if I was going to be accepted sexually right because I, yeah. I wasn't changing myself I was about to go back into the closet to be there over the weekend uncomfortable but my family they accept me wholeheartedly but we got into some really debatable kind of conversations and it's just so intense how you you and you understand that in LA, we have this privilege of living in this like kind of really progressive liberal. What they basically called me and said, "I I live in some utopian fantasy," which is wild to describe utopian fantasy as just wanting everyone to have equal rights and humanity. But people think that way, right? And my family's not—they're not conservative, but it's, they are traditionalists, and I think that plays into a oh, lot yeah. of like what we see in other regions of the country. Do they know about pronouns? Does your mom know about pronouns? Girl, let's not talk about my mom. Okay. My family, actually, my dad asked me, and like he asked those questions. I did tell my mom to start using the word Latinx. Oh. Because it was more inclusive, but I don't think she understood. It's like, you know, I have to sneak in gay stuff with my mom. Like, she don't know she's being inclusive and diverse, but I'm just sneaking it in. Being like, this is the way you say it, Mom. So when you're out there, you're probably some woke queen because you're, you're, you're literally repeating everything I'm saying. But do you believe it? You're a woke consultant. You know, it, it reminds me of when you put uh, vitamins in kids' food. You yes. know, like, or when I crush yeah, it. You crush it. Just like I do that for Coco, my dog. She eats her pill, her pill when she needs it. All right. Well, let us know what you think about this ridiculousness. Have you been using pronouns, the right pronouns? Are you understanding of this? How do you communicate it with others who might not be into it or understand? Let us know how you approach all of this. At LGT Show is where you can find us on social media. Coming up, Disneyland has announced when they are selling tickets to travelers from outside of California. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show today, we're going to be talking about why you might feel the urge to overspend right now. That is in 30 minutes. We're all getting back to real life, and it seems like we all want to act like we're living in a new life. And that includes buying a lot of new stuff. Yeah, I guess that's true. Actually, I I had ordered food last night, and I was on FaceTime with a friend, and they were like, when's the last time you cooked? And I was like, first of all, mind your business. 
Because who does? Like, I, I will say I have been ordering out a lot. But by the time you're done with everything, it's like, who wants to actually pull out the cutting board and cook? I mean, I feel you on that. Even though cooking for me, I feel very relaxed when I cook. Girl, you're cooking like berries and twigs. <laughs> you ain't cooking a full four-course meal. I've seen what she's cooking. It's good. I've had what she's cooked. It but takes it's very time than you think. It's literally Snow White food. All right. Uh, plus, Gwen Stefani's responding to accusations of cultural appropriation. That's in the Tea Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden called out Republicans who voted against COVID relief while promoting its benefits today. Even my Republican friends in Congress, not a single one of them voted for the rescue plan. I'm not going to embarrass any one of them, but I have here a list (laughs) of how back in their districts they're bragging about the rescue plan. They touted the the restaurant revitalization fund. They touted the fact that we're in a situation where they're dealing with touted grants to community health care centers. I mean, some people have no shame. Okay, now Disneyland and Disney California Adventure have begun selling tickets to travelers from out of state for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic shut their doors more than a year ago. So get ready, Disney fans. We've been talking a lot about uh, the, the crazy fans out there. The videos as it opened Everyone up, how, knows how I feel about emotional Disney it was. Well, the two parks plan to start admitting out-of-state visitors June 15th, the day California is scheduled to loosen its pandemic restrictions on most businesses. The Disney parks will continue to require visitors to wear masks, though. They won't require proof of vaccines or of negative COVID-19 test results. So it's going to be a free-for-all. The parks reopened April 30th to Californians only. And finally, Kayla Husen, a pioneering gay rights activist who chronicled the movement's earliest days through her photography and writing, has died. She was 91. She was known as the first openly gay U.S. photojournalist, and she passed yesterday at Chester County Hospital outside Philadelphia following a brief illness. And together with our partner, the late activist Barbara Giddings, she advocated for gay civil rights years before the 1969 Stonewall Uprising in New York helped launch the modern LGBTQ era. So we just want to give a shout out to Kayla Husson, a part of LGBTQ plus history. It's also a bit of an early ass queen. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Gwen Stefani is responding to critics who are calling out her past for cultural appropriation. It is time for the Tea Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So, Miss Gwen, Miss Gwen, she's defending herself in a new interview against long-standing charges that her use of Japanese street fashion and backup dancers on stage and in media appearances is an offensive act of a cultural appropriation. She said this, if we didn't buy and sell and trade our cultures in, we wouldn't have so much beauty you know we learn from each other we share from each other we grow from each other and all these rules are just dividing us more and more i mean uh this is an interesting reaction and take on this (laughs) (laughs) And, and i do agree with the fact that we do learn from each other how can you be inspired by something that you see somewhere else while not appropriating it is that possible 
Not when there's a, uh, a society based on not giving the same amount of praise to the actual culture doing it, but putting a person like Gwen Stefani on a pedestal for having like these Harajuku dancers and Barbies behind her. Like it's offensive. And I think that's where we, there's a clear line there, right? You can be um, inspired by something, but you also have to acknowledge that we live in a system where people of color are not getting the same type of praise for doing something like this. Gwen Stefani, literally, her all of her music videos in the past, one, yes, they were sickening. No one's taking that away from her. Gwen Stefani was a star back in the day, and I, have, I know a lot of bops from her. But if we want to have a critical conversation about her past, her take right here is just not it. I'm sorry. It's not adding in rules and, and saying that rules are defining us. It's calling out that, guess what, Gwen, you got to make a whole career off of doing this when there's actual people in the culture and who are from the culture, born and raised in the culture that don't get that same love or attention or told that they are not as accepting as you are. And so for me... Gwen, it, it, that wasn't a good take in my opinion. And actually, um, uh, you know, her decision to profit off of Japanese culture, however, has gotten slammed by critics, including friend of the show comedian Margaret Cho, who compared her performances with the Harajuku girl to a minstrel show. So I'm telling you, it's it's a, offensive. It's being offensive to the people in those communities that you are somewhat inspired, like you're inspired by, and that's a problem. Yeah, the rules part was, I think... <laughs> I think the whole thing was awful. I don't I, I think I don't like it's okay to say we learn say. from each other, we share each other, we grow. But saying I acknowledge that I didn't have an understanding of what appropriation even was then. I don't think we learned from each other. You when you think we learned from each other? We didn't buy and sell and trade our cultures in. We, we wouldn't have... First of all, no one... Nothing was bought or sold and traded in. Most of the time, colonialism (laughs) and colonization, it was ripped from our hands and it was made into something that was that. Do we need to talk about the history lesson here or do I, do we, I don't think we really have the time, but let's not act like colonization was out here asking politely to buy and sell a culture when they were just ripping it from the hands of the people yeah, that, that also deserved is it. Just, it's just like once again the mixture of like, okay, kind of heading the right direction. Ooh, didn't really do you that You are properly. so good at making it. <laughs> at putting it, it, it. It's like you should be their, like, their publicist being like, I think this is what they meant to say, but no, <laughs> they said what they meant to say. She said what she meant to say. There's, There's no adding anything. There's a lot of misunderstanding here. It's yeah. not a misunderstanding. That's what she said. Non-understanding. That's what she said. But, I'm going based off of what the quote was in the paper like, magazine I, I, I think there is such an interesting conversation around this which is why we go there here because i i do think some in some ways when a celebrity takes it and popularizes something it it helps the people where it came from however Wait, has that ever happened i'm what i'm this is i think we need to get someone who's like a pop culture history type of uh expert i first of all i can give you no, so like much an information actual history of but a like historian, cultural, but there's never been. I've never culture. seen a moment where a white person takes the culture uh, and the the uh, like a, a black person or a black uh, community benefits off of that. Uh, we can even talk about the Kardashians. They've benefited off of people of color so much that they built empires off of it. Empires. And so know? how is how are how is that anything? That we we got something from that. What did I get from that? What did black women get from that? In the sense of they you know they're at, you're allowed to have big butts, but it wasn't made popular. Or you're allowed to have cornrows, but it wasn't made popular until Khloe Kardashian or Kim Kardashian was out there on Someone the beach. Someone switches the narrative at, at a certain point. It the media mean the outlets right, do, but it doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. But 
just saying that's just I don't I don't think that's there's no I don't I've never witnessed that happen where a group of people are benefiting off of literal colonization. I'm of wondering someone. if it's possible if someone could if we can make uh, a way that are, it's like a win-win. It's not possible because that's not how society has ever been built. Let's continue this conversation on another Even show. Even globally. This is what our That's show what is like. That's what we're seeing in Israel, I, Palestine. I hope you're enjoying it's the same this convo. <laughs> we're seeing colonization across the world. At LGT shows I'm where you can find it. us on social media. Give us your take on this. We'd love to hear from you. But coming up, speaking of um, social media, has Instagram and Facebook found a loophole to avoid being held accountable for people's obsessions with likes and followers? We're going to be talking about that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Facebook is trying to help people who have called out the platform for impacting people's mental health. You can now hide like counts from posts you see on your feeds. You can also hide public like counts on your own posts one at a time. Rachel Lerman is here with us who covers technology breaking news for the Washington Post in SF where this is all happening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, So how does Facebook, who owns Instagram, hopes this will change users' experience? So basically, they did a bunch of research and surveys, and they found that some people are sort of hesitant to use Facebook or Instagram, or they're editing their stories or posts that they post so much, or they're feeling insecure or uncomfortable, and that's not really in their best interest. So now they're letting you hide like counts on your posts or on your feed if you want. It is not mandatory. So that's really interesting. It, it feels like they've kind of averted and avoided like actually kind of doing something about social media like culture altogether and just kind of put it back into the users. Like, oh, this is your responsibility now. Is that like an actual thing that we're seeing them doing to kind of take off the heat of themselves, like on themselves? You know, it's interesting. So they started testing this about two years ago. I think it was 2019. And they started testing it on Instagram. And, you know, the headlines around the test were something like, Instagram might get rid of likes. And people were very upset. Some people were happy. But some people were really upset, especially a lot of influencers who make their money on social media, right? Like, they're getting paid by advertisers based on how many clicks or followers or et cetera that they get. And so... Then after that, Instagram did a bunch more tests and basically decided like some people want this and some people don't. So we're going to give you choice. So I do think it is it might be partially that. But I also think it's because these companies get a lot of flack for not giving users enough choice. Like they have algorithms that decide what to show you. And, you know, they they push group recommendations. And so now they're saying, okay, well, the choice is yours. Okay, so this is interesting. What do, you, what do you think this will do to help people? I mean, is it because of mental health or is there another reason why they've decided to do this? I think that there definitely are some mental health aspects to this. I think that some people are feeling, you know, um, just so much pressure to get the exact right post that like racks up all the likes that instead they're just not posting. And so I actually talked to somebody for this story who said that she was just feeling super stressed out because her posts were getting a lot less likes than similar posts that she saw from other people. And now since she turned her likes off, she's actually been posting more. But I also think that, and, you know, research has shown that when we get likes, when we get that positive feedback, it actually, like, rewards our brains, like, lights up the pleasure center in our brains. And so I I think a lot of people are going to leave their likes on. Yeah, 
I mean, why not? It, for me, I, I never have been affected by the amount of likes. And I, I think the, the conversation around mental health and social media is a very important one. But what do you think? Do you think this is going to kind of change how we see uh, social media in, in the future? I mean, could this impact like TikTok? Could this impact, you know, video views and all the, these other kind of platforms? How will we see that really trickle down? You know, I think that it's possible we could see a trickle down, but only if a bunch of people adopt it. Because the thing is, by making it optional, Facebook and Instagram have made the default the same. So, like, if you do nothing, your feed will look the same. You'll still see likes. People mm. will still like your posts. So you have to take the action to change something. Um, you know, Twitter's CEO, Jack Dorsey, has talked in the past about how he wants to make Twitter, like, less... Um, uh, reduce some of these, you know, kind of metrics around it. So I guess it's possible that we'll see other social media companies do it, but it really depends how they do it. If they all make it a choice and not enough people adopt it, then it's not going to change much. Definitely. Well, uh, thank you for joining us for this. We appreciate you for being here. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Coming up, uh, oh, that was, before we go to the next coming up, that was Rachel Lerman. <laughs> Not going to forget you. She covers tech breaking news for the Washington Post in San Francisco. Coming up, why you might feel the urge to overspend right now and how to uh, stop that from happening so you don't spend all your money. That's next. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's interesting because while the economy isn't that good here in this country and there's still a lot of unemployment, it seems like a lot of people are spending more right now. Which... I would assume they are because if you if you think about the pandemic and you think about how quickly Amazon delivers packages, it's an easy one-stop shop. You're getting all of these things. You get bored. You're like, okay, well, why not spend some money? Yeah, it's interesting. Behavioral psychologists and theorists have a lot to say about this. It's interesting because we go back and forth between knowing we shouldn't do something, we should be saving money for another day, and yet we get a bit of a, a dopamine hit, right, in either seeing something that we've experienced before and mm -hmm. wanting to experience it again, or seeing something that we want to do, and by even buying a ticket or purchasing that thing, we almost get a, a surge of energy. So that's interesting, because if that's like a, the psychology behind it, I wonder what people feel when they kind of have like what I've coined and probably it, I didn't come up with this let's be honest but I feel like there's a conversation around kind of financial PTSD and who people who get buyer's remorse I feel like they're not getting that same type of like 
like dopamine effects, right? Where they're feeling relieved or excited about the thing that they just purchased. I know so many of like including myself and my friends who every time they end up buying something, they're like, should I have bought that? Is that a thing that I should have done? I don't know. Yeah, they describe this. This is so interesting. If you think you can talk yourself out of a hot state, you don't understand a hot state. So a hot state is where basically you're in a behavior where you might do something, right? You might like be very reactive. Hot states are in a place where you're kind of coming out of maybe a trauma like the pandemic, where you're kind of in a place where you're taking in a lot and you might react to it. Another hot state could be a breakup. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. hot state could be when you get, you know, fired and then you go and splurge. Well, maybe you might not splurge and buy something, but people do that. People <laughs> are like are like, I'm going to change my life and do this crazy yeah. thing. Or a hot state is when you're drunk. Drunk buying is a thing. Or a hot state is just... I mean, maybe you said this, but like when you're overwhelmed and you just need something to make you feel good. Like I remember I've I've bought um, when I was kind of having a crappy day, I, I went and ordered cookies, well, a dozen of cookies. Yeah. You <laughs> and not I just, shared that. I know, I know. But I just I was just like, you know what? This is going to make me feel better. And guess what? It was nice. It, it did make me feel better. And I feel like that is also OK. But it does kind of draw the line when you start to feel like, OK, um, I just bought this and I knew I only had a certain amount of money in my account and I could have spent it on other things. Exactly. So this is what experts are saying to do if you find yourself in this state a lot. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Please. So to get go from a hot state to a cooling space, I feel like these me- metaphors are really interesting. They say unsubscribe from all those sale emails. Do not have those going to your inbox. I mean, and also that's just keeping your inbox like clean and organized, yes. to be quite honest, because that's actually a, a good thing. Turn off one-click pay. <gasps> I, I didn't even know you could turn well, auto, that off. Well, auto pay? Uh, one-click or, yes, saving your credit card in your web browser or auto pay. Oh, see, I like well, saving my pay, credit card in the, my, rail, yes, my little browser. But then that too. makes it easier, like, the minute you click on something to true, buy it. True, true. But that's, it's, you're kind of stuck with that with Apple Pay. You see, they get you. I know. You can't. You really can't turn it off because now every store is offering Apple Pay. Try to wait 24 hours before buying something unplanned. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good advice. And Are you going to follow any of this advice? I mean, the uh, I'm, I'm fortunate because I am one of those people. Like, I haven't necessarily been, you know me, I don't like go and buy a bunch of clothes last minute. I don't do that. That's the one thing I'm very fortunate about. Mm-hmm. I do do a thing where, like, I'll buy... Maybe like a workshop, like I do like retreats or workshops, or I might buy um, the thing that will make you sit up straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? That thing that's like $300. I'm like, do you want to sit up straight? Yes, I do. Do you even use those things? I need to. I haven't used it. Like, <laughs> so you so just wait. bought it and it's sitting there. But I've done smaller ones like um, a karaoke mic. Like I bought that one time and I wanted to buy a, um, what's it called? The thing you bounce on. Um, I want to sit. It's actually no, here no, in the studio. No, standing bounce. Oh, my God. The bouncy balls no. right, that you sit on. No. Anyway, you know, I've, I want to buy all these random things. Yeah. And my boyfriend said, like, do you really need that? Yeah, I feel like your boyfriend asks you that a lot. And so the thing, that's helped. He's been my conscience. Well, I love that. We all need a Chris, our financial advisor. Yeah, but just just take a beat before you buy something. 24 hours. Do you really need this? And what are you, like, saving for? What are you planning for? What are your bigger goals? When you set those bigger goals, it becomes a more obvious decision. But coming up on the show, the Rugrats reboot has an LGBTQ plus character. It sure does. We're going to talk about that next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, were you a fan of Rugrats growing up? Because that was actually one of those shows that I did watch. Oh, wow. But I wasn't like... a big deal that you've watched something. (laughs) Like, where was I as a child? What was I doing? I have no idea. Oh, my goodness. Uh, But I did when I was in the U.S. because I'm Canadian. When I would visit, I'd watch Nickelodeon. Mm Mm-hmm. And definitely was a big Rugrats fan. So you were a Nickelodeon kid, not a Disney kid, is what I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. What was on Disney back then? Because I feel like I watched Nickelodeon more. Yeah, like, you know, back then I feel... What did Disney have? Well, Disney was like, I don't even know. Disney 1990s program. That's actually really interesting. That's a good question. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I guess, yeah, 15 Disney Channel shows in the 90s you completely forgot about. What? Going Wild with Jeff Corwin. Don't know. Flash Forward, Brotherly Love, Adventures in Wonderland, The Secret of Lost Creek, Eerie and the Torkelsons. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Bug Juice? Nope. Remember that? No. No, it was, anyway. a, it was the Disney Channel reality show based off of kids at camp, at summer camp. It was it was great. Oh, yes, no. Yeah. We watched... Um, what was YTV was the Nickelodeon? You of said White TV. YTV. Oh, YTV. I was like, that. I mean, it Maybe probably it probably was inherently white. It was youth TV. Youth TV. Okay. Youth YTV. <laughs> oh my lord. Let's get back to Rugrats. Yes, so yes. the cartoon has been rebooted for Paramount Plus, and people are freaking out. Not just because it's a reboot, but because the new CGI remake premiered uh, that premiered has an LGBTQ plus character. That's right. The toddler's mom, Betty. Uh, is now also becoming very controversial because she's a lesbian and their father is nowhere to be found so far. And of course, people are freaking out. I think there's the fans who are like, yes, we love this. And of course, those that always call out these kids shows as if they're indoctrinating kids with queerness because of one character. Well, that character was all, always kind of inherently queer. She was like a queer icon, to be quite honest. Um I think the real conversation is why do the Rugrats look so weird? Like the new animation of them, like obviously as animation grows, like it changes over the years, but it, it looks a little weird. Like everyone's eyes. There's something about these little kids' eyes I just don't trust. Oh, I need to see. Yeah, look, you were doing the story and you didn't. You didn't I didn't see. Training. I saw the story. I didn't actually see the Rugrats. Um. Well, they look a little weird. Oh, yeah, weird. there I see. Okay, I see it. It was the top of the... Okay. Yeah, they look a oh, little I weird. Oh, I didn't see it. Okay. Don't you... Like, what do you think? They're big eyes. Yeah, I know. I don't know what that is. And tiny eyebrows. Like, they remi- it reminds me of uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, all of those characters. But they are like kind of like the original. They had big eyes, too. Not really. Do you see the side-by-side of, yes. of the character? They yes. look completely different. So, people are freaking out, I guess, about this. Uh-huh. And then... Also about the fact that she's a lesbian. <laughs> but now that she's... So is it better that, like, you're saying that she was always kind of like a lesbian icon, even though they didn't say it. But, like, and now that they are saying it, people are like, oh, up in arms. Yeah, I think this is... We're always going to see this as we start to see um, more queer stories being told. People feel like the default should just be hetero stories and that, guess what? You know, us growing up all of our lives... Which I think is often the argument when you think about it. I grew up with nothing but heterosexuality around me. And um, guess what? I'm still queer. 
And I think it doesn't work like that in the sense of people thinking, oh, if they're introduced to this, it's automatically going to change how, you know, they see the world and all these things. It may, it may change the way how they see the world into a more inclusive space. And they'll be like, oh, this is normal. This is, you know, my friend has two moms. My friend has two dads. My friend has a non-binary, you know, parent. Like, this is a part of growing. This is a part of progress progression. And the haters are just going to hate, to be quite honest. And the thing is, in the original, she had a female symbol. Like, everyone thought that she was a closeted character. So let her out. We don't want no more closeted characters. <laughs> we don't want to be guessing if SpongeBob is gay. Well, I don't think we guess that anymore. <laughs> let us know what you think about the Rugrats reboot <laughs> at LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. I can't believe we're heading into what's trending this hour next. A Texas firm is petitioning a court for religious exemption to fire LGBTQ plus people. What is going on? More on that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, we are back and we've got a lot coming up for you. More on this Florida woman who pretended to be a high school student to gain social media followers. This is what's happening in this so world. So weird. Uh, that's later this hour. I hope she gets locked up. I feel like there, uh, there's a movie like this where in the past before social media was around. It's kind of predatory. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah. We don't want to give our hot take on it yet. True. Plus, a double standard for women who still get judged so harshly for having casual sex. Oh, wow. We are going there hey, in 30 It's 2021. Stop the misogyny. I think uh, it's from society and also it's been so leaked into our own views of ourselves it's like a, an unlearning you're giving away your hot take damn it <laughs> okay that is also yeah that's coming up in 30 i already said that but just in case you forgot let's get into some what's trending this hour governor mike dewine from ohio talked with the first vaximillionaire winner that's right this person got a million dollars for getting a vaccine abigail bugens Against. When you walked in, what did you, what did you uh, what was the reaction your parents had? Um, well, I was screaming enough that my parents thought that I was crying and that something was wrong. Uh, um, and when I started yelling that I won a million dollars and I was going to be a millionaire, they told me to calm down um, <laughs> and make sure it wasn't a prank before I really started freaking out. You know, there's like literally like food deserts and like <laughs> people not able to like live like actual livable like lives. And we're giving away millions of dollars to people for just getting vaccinated. I don't I, I'm really confused. Are we living in the Twilight Zone? Um, yeah, actually, we did talk to someone. I don't know. Were you on I the show that day? Here. Yeah, where they said it actually isn't a lot of I was here for that. money when you get down to it. It's the it, taxes. It might be more money to have people unvaxxed in the long run when you talk about the domino effect of people getting COVID and the healthcare system and all that. But that still doesn't explain anything. It's just kind of like putting a Band-Aid over like... Well, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big bandaid because they have seen, uh, well, not from these announcements, but incentives like when CDC director did say you won't have to wear masks if you get vaxxed. They saw an increase in vaccine.gov, like people searching for where they can get the vaccine. So these incentives do work. Well, I believe in incentives, but like millions of dollars? One million. One million dollars. But like that is just wild to me. I mean, shout out to her, girl. I'm happy for her, but. Imagine that was one of us. Oh my God. 
Finally, before we get into the tea, just quickly, a management services firm in Texas is asking a federal court to grant it a religious exemption to discriminate against LGBTQ people because the owner says he runs a Christian business. And guess what? If they can't fire all LGBTQ people, then they're asking the court to at least be allowed to fire bisexuals. They're seeking to overturn the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission interpretation of that that was accepted last year by the Supreme Court, which is like, this is why these things exist, dude. They want to fire someone for who they have sex with our love so bad that they're just like, can we just at least compromise on this? (laughs) Come on. Just get rid of the bisexuals. (laughs) That is so awful. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? All right, quickly, uh, SZA, a singer, she is opening up about why she turned down a magazine cover after a publication allegedly refused to hire a black photographer. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So uh, she revealed on Twitter saying this, I requested a black photographer for a cover in this magazine, and, and they told me no. It's 2021 and almost Juneteenth. Respectfully, I can't do it. So fans asked her, of course, to reveal who the publication was. And she said, that's not my vibe. Oh. Um, but there's too many elite black creatives right now to not allow it. My thing is, why not say it? Why not put them on the spot? Kind of weird. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously she she might want to work with them again, but that is weird. I mean, why wouldn't this company just find a black photographer? Yeah, because it, it's. It, I think before you think about it, because... You know, people are like, well, why can't just a regular photographer shoot you? It doesn't matter what their skin color is. I know difference. somebody said this. It does make a difference. We've seen time and time again where we've talked about, even from our vice president, Kamala Harris, when she was on the cover of Vogue, and people called out the bad editing, the bad lighting. There's a certain way to light certain skin tones, and that is important, especially when you're in this industry, and to show the representation of it all as well. And so, um, yeah, I don't know, sis. I, I I think for me, I hate that type of thing where it's just like, if you're going to say it, yeah, say go it. all out. Yeah, this is weird. If you really want someone like SZA and she asks for this, this isn't a huge request. No, it's like, not. Just do it. She probably gave like people that she loved, and you could have <laughs> just been like, just hire from this list. It's that's weird. it. Well, that's your tea report. Um, I got more coming up next hour, so don't you go anywhere. And of course, keep the conversation going at LGT Show. And I, I do want to know it's true because if they're doing something like this, they're doing other sketchy stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Coming up, have you had your sneakers forever? I know I have. We're joined by an ex- expert after this to share how often you should replace your workout sneakers because we're getting back to, you know, maybe working out outside. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. I'm actually really excited about this conversation because I've had my sneakers for way too long. Like, uh, oh, we're going to introduce our guest, but not yet. (laughs) But we do have a special guest, a podiatrist for foot and ankle specialists of the Mid-Atlantic, who's basically here to talk about how often you should be replacing your workout sneakers. Dr. Salie Tulpale, thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. This is going to be a good topic. I know, because once again, I think this is something people forget about. And then we're going around with these old sneakers, which, by the way, once you find those sneakers that you love, you can have them for years. But how often should you be replacing them and how important is this? Yeah, so, you know, it's also very important that we discuss this right now because in the majority of the country, the weather is getting better, right? So people are out hopefully doing more athletic things. But in terms of replacing athletic shoes, I typically recommend whatever comes first. The first 
six to eight months or the first 300 to 400 miles. And that does depend on how active a person is. So it's really about asking someone, hey, what do you like to do for a workout, for exercise? And then we can tailor it to that type of scenario. Is there a certain way to look at your workout you know, shoes to, at the bottom to be like, oh, it's time to change, or do you just wait until there's, like, holes in them? <laughs> like, how can you tell, really, if you're not really noticing or keeping track of that? Because people have busy lives. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, holes are a huge part, but um, <laughs> before you have to actually get to that part, I do tell my patients to go ahead and take a look at the bottom of their shoes for just general wear and tear. Also, you can look at, like you mentioned, if you have holes, it's definitely time to replace them. You can also look at, like, the upper wear, which I call the tongue, right? So oftentimes laces tend to fray. Um, the heel tends to get worn out. And then if you notice that if you place your shoe on a flat surface and it's rocking in one direction or another, it's definitely lost its tread pattern. So it's time to definitely replace that. Yeah, mine tread, like I noticed that I went on the bottom and it's like almost getting flat at a certain point. Like I don't even see any of the uh, pattern at the bottom. And I, right. yeah, I'm like, ooh, it, I think it's time to d get some new shoes because mine's been years. I didn't realize it was like six to eight months. Yeah, I know. I mean, the thing is, is like we get comfortable, right? We're like, hey, this, is, this shoe works for us. Should we try a new brand or try you know, the next level of that shoe. And honestly, shoes are so important because they provide so much cushion and support, whatever it may be. You may want to just walk for 30 minutes a day. You may be the marathoner. You may want to go to high-intensity interval training. But it's really important because the shoe will help benefit to prevent injury in the long term. Mm. And when you're saying injury, like what type of injury? Should we worry well, about? What I see in my practice, you know, regardless of how athletic you are or are not, it's just tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, right? Yeah, you can have osteoarthritis. You can have simple things as ingrown toenails because your shoe's not properly fitting. So it could be something from very basic to something from very injurious. And we tend to have a discussion one-on-one. -on -one. What is it that you want in your lifestyle? How can I help you maintain that, if not improve it? And shoes are a huge part of my daily conversation with my patients. So it's, it's just important to make sure that you're aware of when you need to replace them. And more importantly, not just when, but what type of shoe do I need to actually focus on? Okay, well, yeah, let's talk about that. What happens if you're wearing the wrong shoes and the, like, what, what are people supposed to be wearing? Right. So to answer that question, I think it's very, um, it's very based on the certain individual because everybody is very different. It's honestly, I base my shoe discussions off of, well, what is your day-to-day -day job like? What is it that you like to do for exercise? And again, it doesn't have to be a marathon or it can be some, it could be even a mom that wants to just take her kid out in a stroller for 30 minutes a day to just get something. So typically I recommend a stability or cushion walking or running shoe that do offer a lot of support. It tends to offer a lot of cushion shock absorption. So I do 
tailor it based off of what my patient needs are. Got it. But for most people, again, it's shock absorption, it's arch support, and it's cushion that matters. And do you, just we got to go. Do you have one brand that you love? Oh, my gosh, yes. I am a huge fan of Brooks. I, I wear them myself. Brooks? That's a great walking shoe. The Brooks Adrenaline GTS 21. Oh, all right, running yep. shoe. <laughs> I'm just now I'm getting just personal advice. Running shoe quickly. No, that is it. It's that's a running it. Walking shoe. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna get yeah, that. I think I'm gonna get that this weekend. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, yeah you're very welcome. That was Dr. Saley Tulpule, a podiatrist for foot and ankle specialist of the Mid Atlantic. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you so much. Good night, guys. So we are switching gears. We're going to be talking about why women still get judged so harshly for having casual sex and how do we stop the stigma that's next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, this is interesting. A new study found that women, but not men, continue to be perceived negatively for having casual sex. Really? Even as casual sex has become increasingly normalized and gender equality has risen in the U.S. and much of the Western worlds, it still remains a sticking point. This was another conversation. Remember early in the show where I was talking about, you know, I was visiting family uh-huh. and I, I was talking to my brother actually. And he was just saying some things where I was just like, is this how like straight men think in the in the sense of like if a woman gets older, they don't have as much value anymore. It was like wild where I'm like, how are you? How do men, cis, cisgender straight men um, kind of look at women in this way and not think it's not misogyny or the patriarchy that's playing in their thought process. It's wild. It's really wild. Well, Jamie Krems joins us, an assistant professor of psychology in the Oklahoma Center for Evolutionary Analysis from Oklahoma State University. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, so let's get into this study. Tell us more about it. What's going on? Uh, So we wanted to understand why we saw this trope in film and TV and movies um, and really describe it. So we surveyed um, quite a few American participants to try to figure out whether they held the stereotype, and they do. They stereotype women but not men who have casual sex as having low self-esteem. And these perceptions of low self-esteem can affect women in all sorts of nasty ways, from being less likely to be asked out on dates, being less likely to be befriended, and being less likely to be hired or even elected to political office. Well, at this point, it feels like we, you know, people would automatically think it's 2021. This is such an old kind of um, take to have uh, when it comes to sexuality and just um, looking at gender. Um, but it does feel like, like I mentioned earlier, 
there's still young people. My brother is like in his twi- like late early twenties, and that they're already thinking that. So, is there any way that we're going to get away from this? Is it would seem like as generations, you know, grow up, they're getting more progressive. But to be honest, it seems like if you're a cis straight man, you're still thinking in this way. Yeah. So um, all of our targets, all of the people that um, in our stimuli were cis het men and women. But we found that both men and women held the same stereotype. And it seemed to hold even for people who weren't religious, because you would think maybe that was driving it, who weren't politically conservative, because maybe that was driving it, even people who were lower in sexism. So there seems to be this pervasive belief. And one of the really awful parts of our study is that even when we told our participants that women who are having casual sex, they could have monogamous relationships, but they don't want to. They are tearing it up and they are loving it. Even then, people still thought those women had low self-esteem. This is fascinating. Do you think it's just because of like so much tra- maybe trauma or belief systems around casual sex over so many decades that it would be so hard to undo that or relearn? Yeah, it's just such a difficult question. I mean, in the real world, links between sexual behavior and self-esteem are messy and, if anything, just complex. But the stereotype might rely on this long history of our reproductive biology and essentially just over evolutionary history, uh, men had more to gain from casual sex and women faced greater costs like getting pregnant and the caloric uh, costs of getting pregnant and having children and nurturing children. So maybe our Stone Age brains haven't caught up with modern technologies that limit costs on women, like access to safe and legal abortion. Mm. But it is a great question, and it's still an open question, why people hold the stereotype and can't let it go. So you said earlier that religion didn't really play up as much of a part of it as you thought it was going to? Yeah, we so we asked our participants if they were uh, religious, sexist, conservative, all of the things that our intuitions might say, ah, this might be driving the stereotype or only these people hold the stereotype. But it held even among um, participants who weren't religious or conservative. Uh, or sexist. That's uh, that's how deeply ingrained it is. You did bring up a question in this article about the study. Do our Stone Age brains play a role? Well, do they? I mean, it's it's a strong possibility. Um, it would be pretty crazy if people uh, developed the stereotype from just media. Um, and if they did, even then, we'd ask, so why why did the media write this in the first place? Where does this come from? So it's a possibility. Um, I don't think we can rule it out, but our data also don't say that it's it's definite. So so what do we do with all this information? How do we move forward to reclaim our sexuality as women? That is a great question. And I am a big proponent in just doing whatever you damn well please. I hope I can say damn. I'm sorry if I can't. (laughs) Just no other cuss words. (laughs) You know, I I think this, my hope is that we understand and learn like when we really want to say a F yes and an F no to things. And I think that our inability to understand our yeses and nos and like our signs our body tells us 
we've gotten mm-hmm. too much in the brain is a bit of part of um, our inability to feel good about something, even if it has been societally, uh, you know, not supported. A thousand percent. And, and that makes me think that, you know, uh, even some of the most well-intentioned advice is pretty suspect. I study this for a living and I don't know what to tell any one woman to what to do. And so I don't think we should listen to folks like Dr. Phil. Um, no. I think you should do exactly what you're saying and follow what you want to do. And if it doesn't work out, try something else. But Yeah. Learn how to trust your gut and your instinct. I think uh, I, I, that's something that I'm learning. So I think for uh, my hope for women out there and for everyone is to be empowered by like what your body and your mind tell you and like trusting that. And the more we can, the more empowered we can be by it. Right. Well, thank you so much for being here and for your work. Uh, that was Jamie Krems, who is from Oklahoma State University behind the study around casual sex. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thanks. Coming up, we're going to tell you what happened when this Florida woman pretended to be a high school student to gain social media followers. Yes, this is happening. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This is a good one. Get ready to be entertained. A Florida woman is being accused of posing as a student and sneaking into a high school in an attempt to promote her social media page. So weird. I mean, social media is making us crazy as humans. For real. Audrey Nicole Francischini, who's 28 of North Miami Beach, was arrested on Monday and charged with one felony count of burglary of an unoccupied dwelling, a misdemeanor count of trespassing in an educational institution, interference, and one misdemeanor count for resisting an officer without violence. So... She works at a Carnival Cruise Line, but when she decided to do this, she was able to blend in with students by wearing a backpack. It's that easy. And carrying a skateboard and dressing similar to them. And she actually then approached students and gave them printed pamphlets with her Instagram name on them, asked them to follow her. This is all so messed up. What? What is? What's the point of doing all of that? Like, are people that in need of validation? People are that obsessed. They like with getting social media followers. It is. It's sad. Well, and here's the thing. I hope. um, Is is she? Did she get in like? Is she like in trouble? Trouble like prison types? Well, um, she was confronted by security officers. Right. Uh, well, For not she, looking like... Yeah, they're like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen you around. Uh, and she went through the side exit. She actually like went away. Police said they were able to f- use her Instagram account to find her, obviously. <laughs> oh, which is my like, God. <laughs> of course. Uh, of and she course. was arrested at her home. Dang. my. Okay, so here's here's the, the double-sided sword, right? Or the double-edged sword, whatever. It's, yeah. I, I think, one... It's creepy what she did. This is weird. Oh, yeah. Next level girl. You need some consequences. But I think, I hope she doesn't just end up being locked up in prison and that's it. Like, it seems like there's some mental health things uh-huh. where a therapy, a counselor would really yeah. benefit more than just throwing her behind bars and locking away. Totally. This is like, yeah, sociopathic. Oh, I'm not going to diagnose her. Yeah, I, I, I'm you not know? either. Um, but I, I, I do think. Um, I hope 
you know, well, I can't really hope in the system because the system might end up failing her, to be quite honest. But yeah, says it's never this serious. And um, at this point, she's gotten herself in some mess. But I hope she gets the help that she needs. And I hope that it's not prison. Yeah. Well, imagine her. In, I mean, she's arrested anyone. right now. Imagine her in there like, what did you get arrested for? Like, um... Girl, I was trying to get to 100K. <laughs> <laughs> And they'll be like, I get it. Man, people go to extremes, to lengths to get to 100K. I wonder, did she at least achieve a good amount of followers? Did anybody actually Let me see if she's still on Instagram. Do you have her Instagram? Okay. It's, uh, I mean, is it by her real name, Nicole? Yeah, see if it's her name. Okay. Here we go. We're looking it up in real time. Yeah, I just, I'm like, no, but seriously, I'm, I'm, I, I really do think about rest. this. Yeah, I really do think about this, and I'm, I'm hoping, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Like, I want her to be able to get some resources in her life because, ma'am, this is wild to me. Nicole, there are a lot of Nicole Franciscini. Wow, there are. That seems like a really intense name for there to be so many of them. Yep. It seems like I, I don't have it up yet. Oh, because we so can't find it. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that she didn't really maybe make her ideal viral number. Maybe, well, she's going viral now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is all she needed to do. And if you find it, send it to us at LGT Show on yeah. Social Meads. Nicole. Oh, Audrey Nicole Francischini. Oh, Sorry. see, you typed in the wrong info. It's one of those two name words, two names. Audrey names. Nicole. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Wrapping up the show with some inspiration, as we always do, with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. This one goes to Joseph Costello, a high school freshman who's going to have his college education paid for thanks to getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Yep. He was one of the winners. I don't know if this is inspiring. It just makes us feel like we deserve better. Well, I, it just makes me feel like, why are we getting rewarded for just doing the simple thing because of like keeping everyone safe? We need to keep everyone safe. And if this is a little thing we need to do to incentivize people, then we're doing it. That's so weird. Although the question is, were these people, like, were they really the ones that need to be pushed to get the vaccine? Or are they just getting it and they got lucky? Mm-hmm. But that's besides the point. Uh, so here he was talking about reacting and getting Ohio's Vax a millionaire um, when he was part of the lottery and won a full ride four year scholarship with room, board, tuition, books, everything paid for. Um, maybe Ohio State or Miami University. What? And that's it, really. Those are some good, you have some good choices there. Wow. That, uh, Ow. Was really yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how would you react if you were like his age? I mean, at any True. age, but I mean, getting that call and you're like, holy crap, my entire college education paid for? Yeah, I don't want anyone to have to experience student loan debt. So <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, but also, I also find it stupid that people are getting a million dollars and then also their education. It's like, what is happening here? I got, what am I going to get? That's what I'm talking about. Seriously, what am I going to get? I mean, I think they could have just had like a $100 gift certificate. That's it. Like, Go to Chili's. too far. Go to Chili's. Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> or they should have been like, your community gets this. Like, your whole neighborhood. That is so like, weird. Like, let's help a neighborhood. That is so weird anyway, to me. Uh, well, that does it for our Yaz Queen and our show today. Yes, Queen. But we'll be back tomorrow, same time, live here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, we're talking about coronavirus booster shots, how that's going to work, when it's going to happen. Plus, 
Senate is holding a key vote on the Capitol Riot Commission. We're going to be getting more into that. And, of course, what's trending this hour, every hour on the show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast, as a reminder. So subscribe to our podcast, will you? Just go to the Odyssey app or our podcasts are available and search Let's Go There and subscribe. We are sending you love and light. And how do you remember to slay? And stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris where he's covering how to get the spark back. What type Mm. of spark, Chris? Oh, yeah, I think I know what he's talking about. That's next. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.